0: In the late 1970s, American psychologists David Premack and Guy Woodruff were interested in knowing whether chimpanzees, like humans, have the capacity to empathize and understand others. We have this tendency to think that other people have beliefs, desires, and they have intentions that are quite different from our own, and this ability pretty much underlies every aspect of our humanity. But do other animals like chimpanzees have this ability too? Premack and Woodruff wrote their findings in the influential paper titled Does the chimpanzee have a theory of mind? Theory of mind. This phrase would go on to become one of the most popular concepts in psychology. And what started out as an intellectual curiosity to bridge the gap between chimpanzees and humans quickly became much more serious when researchers started looking into neurological disorders like autism, schizophrenia and understand how these debilitating diseases lead to an impaired theory of mind. And it turned out that people with theory of mind deficit They have a difficulty in determining the intentions of others and they also lack an understanding of how their behavior affects others. Of course, just because some diseases can cause theory of mind deficits doesn't mean that we are born with this capacity to understand others' perspective. Small children also have difficulty with this they tend to think that everyone sees, thinks, and feels just as they do. For instance, if you ask a four-year-old boy what he would like to gift his mom for her birthday, there is a high likelihood that he would suggest Iron Man or some other action figure. One of the most influential psychologists of 20th century, Jean Piaget, was also a pioneer when it came to understanding children's cognitive development. He came up with a theory that includes four different stages of cognitive development. And each stage covers a range of child's age. In the second stage, for instance, between two to seven years, Piaget notices this struggle that children go through in understanding perspective of others. And in order to show this concretely, he did a study that included children of all ages. These children were taken for multiple walks around a tiny toy model that included mountains with bunch of little animals and trees thrown around them. After the walk, each child was then seated on one side of the model so they could see it from one angle. But on the opposite side, facing the child, They made a doll sit at the same height as the child the child was then shown a bunch of different photos and was asked to select the picture that best matched what they saw while sitting on the chair but more importantly they were then asked to select the picture that best matched what the doll saw from the opposite end and of course all all the children could pick the picture that best represented what they saw, but children between four and six years of age frequently chose the same exact picture to show the doll's view. For them, there was no difference between what they saw and what the doll saw. And according to Piaget, this was because they couldn't really understand that the doll's perspective differed from their own view. He called this behavior, egocentrism. An inability to distinguish one's own perspective from that of others. And not surprisingly, this egocentrism doesn't simply disappear when you stop being a child. Adolescents and even adults continue to show egocentrism in some form or the other. So today, I would like to briefly talk about an interesting bias that can result from these lingering egocentric tendencies within us. Let's imagine that you go on the internet and buy yourself a fancy looking expensive smartwatch. And also let's say that your friends plan to get together. So you decide to wear that watch and go to that event. You reach there and after some time you start noticing that nobody's actually paying any attention to your fancy watch. Nobody is looking at it. None of the folks there are making any comment on it. And immediately, all sorts of thoughts start running in your head. Is it not a good-looking watch? Why don't they ask me about it even once? A lot of that day is ruined by constantly wondering if you made a terrible decision in buying that expensive smartwatch. Now, let's imagine another scenario. Let's say you're sitting in a group discussion. And during the discussion, A thought that you think is clever comes to your mind. But you don't share it immediately. You kind of play it in your head multiple times to make sure that you say it perfectly. And finally you get a chance. You finally get a chance to speak and you let it out. And you screw up. Or at least you feel you screwed up. You didn't really phrase it like how you played it out in your mind. In fact, when that thought came out, it sounded too obvious. Maybe they thought I was dumb to even say that. Oh God, that must have been so embarrassing, you think. Rest of the discussion gets completely ruined for you by constantly obsessing over such self-conscious thoughts. Turns out, Social psychologists have a name for this behavior. They call it the spotlight effect. Our tendency to believe that we are being noticed by people way more than we actually are. You see, we are the center of our own world with constant access to our events, our mental events playing out in our minds. But sometimes we forget that We are not the center of everyone else's world. So whenever we do something slightly atypical in front of others, we feel that they will immediately notice it or should notice it. It makes us more self-conscious and we end up running all sorts of unwarranted thoughts in our mind. Thoughts that not only increase anxiety, but also tend to lower our self-esteem. And on many occasions, the reason behind Spotlight Effect is not just egocentrism. There's actually another interesting related concept called Anchoring and Adjustment, which also plays some role in creating this Spotlight Effect. It sounds complicated, but if you actually break it down, it's straightforward. Anchoring and Adjustment. We use our own thinking, our own feelings about something as an anchor. We use it as an anchor because we rely too heavily on it when making future decisions or when predicting other people's thinking. So we use them as an anchor, and then, and this is the more important part, we don't correct for the fact, we don't properly adjust for the fact that other people don't really have access to those thoughts and feelings. Take the example of a group discussion I mentioned a couple of minutes ago. You're planning to share that clever thought and you have all these expectations that you're forming in your mind about speaking that thought aloud and how it will sound. Other people simply don't have any access to either your mind, to your feelings, to what kind of expectations you're forming, they're they're dealing with their own th- worries. They're dealing with their own clever thoughts, right? But because you created such a huge emotional anchor by raising expectations in your mind and then not meeting them, you have some trouble making proper adjustments to it when you're deciding what other people are thinking about the situation. So. Next time you find yourself worrying about speaking in public or overthinking how something you said was perceived by others, remind yourself of the spotlight effect. Remind yourself how egocentrism, this tendency to see situations only from your own perspective, can create a faulty mental model of what other people are actually thinking and try to recognize your emotional anchors. Make proper adjustments to them. For instance, don't just think, oh, this is how I feel right now about myself. So other people must be feeling those things about me too. And finally, remember that people have divided attention. Their mind simply doesn't have the loads and loads of mental space you have for your own behaviors and thoughts. It has its own set of goals and worries to think about. Other people are just too preoccupied by their own shit. Okay so that's it for today. If you have any questions, concerns, or feedbacks, write to cerebralpodcast at protonmail.com. I'll be back next week with another useful concept to enhance your thinking experience. Until then, have fun thinking.